We'd like to believe that we can do whatever we want to do and everything will be all right. But I have learned over my life that when I do what God says, that's when everything is really all right. You know, God's always with me, but there's things that, that I'm required to do that open the door for the blessings of God. And today I believe God has a word for us. We're going to be talking about the anointing. And uh, we're going to share this Sunday and next Sunday about the anointing. Um, you may be here and say, I've not ever heard about the anointing. Well, I believe that today your eyes will be open to something that is so powerful that God has put in your life for you to be an overcomer. And as we look at it, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And uh, as we share this morning, God in his mercy has made a way for every one of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, God already made the way for you. Now, you may not be in the way <laughs> that God has made for you. You may feel like, I'm, I think I'm off the path. Well, you know, God has the ability to get you back where you need to be. And uh, thank God for his mercy and grace that when we get there, he makes provision even for those things that we have messed up. That's the good news today. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I messed some things up and had to count on God to make the difference. This is what it says in Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed, everybody say anointed anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing what did he go about doing oh really God is good all the time he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him you know, I think in the world today, sometimes God gets a bad rap. You know, in the insurance companies, they say that hurricanes or tornadoes or things like that, they're an act of God. And, you know, that God sends, I heard a man preach once, that God sends hurricanes because people are sinning and he wants to wake them up. You know, that doesn't line up with the word of God. It says right here that God sent Jesus. Was Jesus the example of God? He was. He was God-made flesh. He was God in the flesh. He was, he was a man, but he represented all that God is. And it says he sent Jesus into the world, not to condemn the world, it says in John three seventeen, but that through him the world might be saved. Everybody say, that's good. See, and so God is a good God. God's ideas for us are for good and not for evil. That's what it says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that he knows the plans he has for us. Therefore, good and not for evil. So when I read the scripture, I see that God's intention, everybody say God's intention is that, that he is a good God and that everything that he wants to do for us is good. Now, sometimes what he sees as good for us and what we see for good for us is not always the same thing at certain times in our life. But I've found the things that God sees as good for me that have even been hard for me to walk through in the end have been good for me. They have worked for my good. God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So good is a word that's used lots in the Bible. And, and it doesn't say here that God sent Jesus. He anointed him. He filled him with the Holy Spirit with power in order that he could do good, you know, to make people sick and to teach them a lesson and show them how to behave. It doesn't say that. It says doing good, healing. Everybody say healing. Healing how many? Is that all? Is that all? Is all? All is everyone? Healing all who were sick and oppressed. Everybody say oppressed. Oppressed 
by the devil. So I believe that the good that God sees that he wants to do is to always heal. Everybody say always heal. How many of you have heard before? Well, you never know. You know, God might have put this sickness on him to teach their husband what a good God he is. How does that go together? Have you ever heard, well, God has just sent that on them because of all they did. God doesn't send anything on anybody. We walk into things all by ourselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, I did it all by myself. Now, the enemy entices us, the enemy tempts us, the enemy's there, but we make the final decision whether we walk according to the ways of God or whether we walk according to the ways of the enemy. And we have the choice every day to make that decision. But the anointing of God, everybody say the anointing of God, rested upon Jesus. It rested upon him with the Holy Spirit and power is how he was anointed. Now, uh, I read in, in Isaiah ten twenty seven. it talks about this anointing that rested upon Jesus. And it describes what the anointing is. I want to read it. I want you to see it. It'll be up here on the screen. Isaiah ten twenty seven. it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from his uh, taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil everybody say because of the anointing because of the anointing god's god's purpose is to remove burdens and take off yokes not to put us in bondage to something not to to cause us to be put down but to lift us up that's why Jesus came. And so when we understand the word of God and how Jesus was anointed by God, it says in Luke, if you look at Luke 4, 4 18, when Jesus began his ministry, after he had uh, had that opportunity in the wilderness, this is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, he has anointed me. God had done something for Jesus. Now, Jesus was a man in the earth, but he was God in in the flesh that's what the bible says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and the word was god the word was god so we know that when jesus came he he didn't operate as god would operate he operated as a man with the anointing everybody say with the anointing he had the anointing of god and so this is very important because i'm going to show you in a minute that that same thing rests upon each one of us because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he said, with this anointing, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are, those who are, what does Acts 10.38 say? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. You know, the devil has not changed his tactics, not one iota, not at all. When Jesus came, he came to be an example of how a believer would walk, of how we could walk. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we also would receive power. Everybody say receive power. When the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, has come upon you, this is what Jesus said, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses is not always somebody witnessing for someone to receive Jesus Christ. Our lives are a witness. Our lives represent who God is and what he can do in the earth. Now the anointing, everybody say the anointing belongs to God. 
It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. I believe God, when he put the Holy Spirit in us and he said, you will have power, he has anointed us for whatever God has given us to do. You may be here and you say, well, you know, and I don't know that I see the anointing of God in my life. I believe by the time we finish this message today, you'll begin to grab a hold of what God has provided for you and begin to let it operate in your life so that you can be all that God wants you to be, but also so that the glory of God can be seen upon your life every day, everywhere that you go, because it's God's, it's God's plan for the church. If you look at Acts chapter four, verse thirty-three, and um, this is the church that was birthed out of the upper room when everybody was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the church has when they receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is released in your life. And it says, with great power, in verse 33, the apostles gave witness, everybody say witness, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now, to understand this, if you understand the word grace, it's unmerited favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, good thing. Yeah, unmerited. (laughs) unmerited favor. That means not that we deserved this, but that God gave it to us so that we could operate and function according to the power of God in this earth. I believe that God has equipped every one of us sitting here in this room today. When we know Christ, we become a weapon formed against the enemy instead of the enemy formed as a weapon against us. The roles are changed We exchange who we are for who Christ is. And he is the Messiah. Everybody say the Messiah. That word Messiah is, uh, the root word of that is the same word that is the anointed. The anointed. Everybody say the anointed. In Isaiah 61, when it was prophesied about Jesus, he was called the Messiah, that the Messiah was coming. The anointed one. And so when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about what made Jesus different in the earth. He was anointed. Everybody say anointed. And he was anointed by the Holy Ghost and with the power. And so as we look at um, Acts chapter 4, I want to read back before this when the disciples, uh, especially Peter and John, the man that was healed at the gate, beautiful. And, of course, that that got all the religious people upset. And in verse 13 of chapter 4, it says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, See, the anointing has nothing to do with your ability. It has everything to do with Jesus and God's ability. And so it says here, they marveled and they realized that they had been with, they realized that they had been with Jesus. So their only qualification for walking in an anointing that would heal the sick, everybody say heal the sick, was that they had been with Jesus the anointing of God. Well, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. The anointed one lives in us. And it says up above that, that the reason they were upset in verse seven, it says, and when they had set Peter and John in their midst, they asked him by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy spirit. Everybody say filled with the Holy spirit. Now this is Peter. This isn't Jesus this is Peter. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. This is was said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Listen to his next statement. If we this day are judged for a good deed. Everybody say a good deed. <clears throat> he says right there that we have been anointed with the Holy Spirit to do good deeds. And Peter was a man. He was a man just like we are, are men and women. God wants his anointing 
to begin to flow through every one of us, not just for other people, but for our own situations. You know, sometimes we think we need somebody else to help us get things right. And I'm all for uh, people getting counseling. I do counsel some myself still. But, but I want to tell you, when I counsel people, I counsel them on how to connect with the Spirit of God to get the victory for their life. Not how I'm going to get their victory, how they are going to get their victory through the power of Jesus Christ. Because it's real for every single believer. Now, there is anointing that rests on a, a position of pastor. We're going to talk about that kind of thing next week. But right now, I'm talking about you. Every single person has Jesus Christ living in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have an anointing. Everybody say an anointing. This anointing bypasses our ability, has nothing to do with us, but has everything to do with us being successful in this earth and being all that God called us to be. So this church, this church birthed in the book of Acts. This was the first church birthed out of that Pentecost movement. And when it was birthed, it operated by the power of the Spirit. Everybody say, by the power of the Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And they operated in that arena through the anointing, through the anointing of God. Now, um, in 1 John 3, 8, I want to turn there. And and this morning, I'm going to give you a, a couple of examples because I think it helps for you to see what the anointing is. You know, we we think we're going to be witnesses, uh, you know, when we're anointed to do uh, spiritual things. But I, I, I want to talk to you today about practical things. We can talk more about spiritual things next week. But I want to talk to you about practical living. Everybody say practical living. And, and you know, the enemy is the Bible uh, describes the enemy as the one who comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus came that we might have life and have it how how more abundantly not just abundantly more abundantly well how are we going to live in that kind of realm based on the situations and circumstances that we've gotten ourselves into now you may be here today and say well i'm doing just fine but you also may be here and say you know i have got some situations and those situations unless god intervenes I have no hope in my own ability to change those things. Then you say this, thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the anointing. And so this is, this is what it says in 1 John 3, or 8. We're on chapter 3, 8, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose. Everybody say, for this purpose. The, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That word manifested means that he was put on the earth he was he was brought to light he was he was made real so we could understand what god was like and this is what god's like that he might destroy the works of the devil how many of you glad for that today i mean everybody should be cheering i'm telling you that this is this is i believe where a major major opportunity for the enemy is in the world today in the church we have failed in some arenas to acknowledge that there is a devil and if you do not acknowledge there is a devil then you will lose because you don't know who you're fighting you don't know what you're in you do not know what the battle is you think it's over whether you want to eat a cookie or not no it's not about that that's your flesh there is a force of evil in this earth that comes and sets traps for people and they fall into those traps and when they fall into those traps if they do not go to god they will never be rescued 
I believe this is what we're going to see in the next few few months and, and coming. I, I, I expect it because I know what God's been speaking to me and I know why I'm preaching this message. The anointing. Everybody say the anointing. When the anointing comes, chains fall off. Chains are broken. And when you are addicted to drugs, when you have yourself in a mess where you have no control and, the, and somebody else has control. Someone over you has control. That is not who needs to be in control. If you do not understand the anointing, you have no power to escape from that situation. If you're an alcoholic, you need the anointing. Because the anointing destroys the work of the devil. If you're addicted to anything, you need the anointing. Now, a message is great. And hallelujah for the word of God. And it has anointed to break chains and remove bondages hallelujah for the holy ghost it is the power of the holy ghost the anointing of the holy ghost that empowers us to take the word of god and use it in such a way that we become free from the entanglements of this world and i don't know about you but i see the world entangling more and more and more people and more subtly and it's even believers everybody say even believers People who do not understand this message, that there is an anointing from heaven that rests upon the church, that if they will use it, they will have the victory. And there is no excuse for failure in this kind of a place because the anointing never fails. It didn't fail. It destroyed the works of the devil. Jesus, the anointed one, came to destroy the works of the enemy. I believe God wants us to wake up every morning. And when we wake up, I'm going to read you this story by Brother Copeland. The devil should tremble, not us. We got a bunch of believers waking up trembling when the devil's the one who ought to be trembling that you woke up. Hallelujah. I mean, they've been asleep for eight hours. I've had some time. Now they're awake and look what they're doing. They're already talking about God when they open their mouth, when they open their eyes. This is what Brother Copeland says. I appreciate the way he talks about things. I get it. But it says, um, start making the devil miserable for a change. You have the power to do it, you know. He says, you have so much power than you that every time your alarm clock goes off, the devil should wail. Oh, no. Oh, no. That troublemaker's up again. <laughs> now, does he say that about you? Or does he say, you say he's the troublemaker? No, he is powerless against the anointing. Everybody say against the anointing. Not against you, against the anointing that rests upon you. A few years ago, I got a letter from a little girl who attended one of my healing services in Los Angeles. Although she was far too young to understand theology or anything like that, the Lord gave her a very simple and profound revelation as she watched people being healed. Now, this is a child. She said that when she looked up on the platform, she couldn't see me at all. Now, this is the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. See, when, when people uh, come to church and, and sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, that was, oh, that was a wonderful world, Pastor Pam, Pastor Pam. Well, I don't want people talking about me. I want people to talk about Jesus. And when people come in, they say something to me about something. I'll say, well, they'll say, oh, I know you can help me. I said, no, Jesus is going to help you. We're just going to cheer you on while he does it. Why? Because people need to know that he is that powerful. This is not a people thing. This is beyond what we can do. And I'm telling you, I have enough people who come in here. We have people all the day long who come in here who have situations and circumstances that we couldn't even fix if we had all the money. And you know why? Because money is never anybody's problem. It's what they do with money. Alcohol is not somebody's problem. It's whatever's hurting them that they drink alcohol because of. 
Now you get a revelation today if you listen. Because God has shown me this over the years. It's not that kind of a deal. People are not addicted to drugs because they like drugs. They're addicted to drugs because something wasn't going right. And they used drugs to try to fix what wasn't right. And it didn't fix it. And it kidnapped them. And it's destroying them every single day. And the anointing will break that yoke. If they're willing. Everybody say, if they're willing. See, God, God, God is all about doing good. It's if people are about doing good. There's a lot of people who, who, who believe that, but they're not living that. Why? Because they're still consumed with themselves. And you cannot be consumed with yourself because the anointing is not about you. It's about God. The anointing comes to heal people. God just spoke to me a few days ago in the park, and he said, don't forget to protect the anointing. Stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. Don't ever let it be about people. This is not, I don't give the anointing to people to make somebody famous. I give the anointing people to help people. It's the only reason I, I give it to help. I give it to help them. I give it to help others. And I get all the glory in the end because it's me. Protect it. Protect it. What does that mean? Don't take the glory. Don't take the glory. Give it to God. You know, I used to think when I was a new Christian, I went over to First Assembly. And I would say to somebody, you really did a good job singing that song. And they'd say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think, well, what's the matter with them? Can't they just say thank you? Because where I came from, you know, you always praise the people for what they did. Now, there's nothing wrong with complimenting somebody. But I'm telling you, if you were touched, it was God. It was not a person. If you're touched in these services, it's not because of me. It's not because of Pastor Bill. It's because Jesus Christ of Nazareth is going about this room. And he takes the word as it goes forth. And he touches your heart. And it's to make you know he's real, not to make you know I'm real. Can you see me? I'm real. You can feel my toes. I'm real. But I am not the real thing. Jesus is the real thing. Amen? And so this is very important because what's about to happen in the earth, if people don't understand this, they're going to start building idols out of people. And what's about to move in this earth is going to be the power of God so tremendous that God is going to do it and he's going to get all the glory. He's going to get all the glory. Nobody's going to be able to say it was so-and-so. And we got to be careful. That's how you protect the anointing. Everybody say protect the anointing. That wasn't in the first service. So for whoever that's for, hallelujah, probably for me as well as you. Because God reminds me. It's never us. It's him. It's him. And that way when you go and you hear things, you're able to receive. It doesn't matter who the vessel is. God can anoint a donkey. He did it once. So, you know, there's a story. I don't have time to go there. But, you know, if that says anything to you. Okay, here we go. Uh, Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Now, we're talking about destroying hell. Everybody say destroy hell. Elijah was faced to face with a horrible king named Ahab. And uh, I'm just going to tell you this story briefly. But it was in 1 Kings 17 and 18, if you want to go read it. It talks about how Ahab, he was so evil, it says, that he provoked God more than any other king in all the history of those kings in the Bible. And, and so he was awful. And guess what? He had a wife that was as awful as he was, if not worse. Now, that's a bad combination. If, you know, if two agree, it works in the evil realm as well. And these two, Jezebel was her name. Have you ever heard anybody say Jezebel? Yeah, Jezebel. She was quite the lady. And so between the two of them, they caused Elijah a lot of trouble. In fact, finally, um, Elijah fled, but he said, it's not going to rain I'm going to pray it won't rain. 
And I'm paraphrasing right now, but it's not going to rain because I'm going to pray that it doesn't rain. And it'll rain when I pray that it will rain. Now, that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement. Now, he was a prophet, and prophets were anointed. Everybody say anointed. You see, they were anointed by God. They were anointed with oil. Uh, people in the old covenant didn't have the voice that we have today because we have Christ in us. So we have this voice, it says in Hebrews, that they had prophets in the old covenant, but we have Jesus. And so we can hear the voice of God, but only the prophet could hear. And so Elijah, he made that statement. And God backed him up, and he ended up out by a brook. It says the ravens were there, you know, to bring food to him. He had water. Then when that ran out, there was a widow in Zarephath that uh, God ended up using to feed him. And when, he, when she fed him, everything that she had was almost gone. But when she fed the, the prophet, then everything was multiplied, and no, nobody ran out of food all through that famine. She didn't. The prophet didn't. Her son didn't, but her son ended up dying. He raised him from the dead. Elijah did. So this is this man's anointed. Everybody say anointed. I want to show you the difference between the anointing and people and man, who man is. And so Elijah uh, then confronted Ahab, bold-faced, and confronted him and said, we're just going to have a showdown. Is there not a cause? He said, we're going we're gonna to find out today, is God really God? So you get all your 450 prophets and you bring them. And uh, we're going we're gonna to offer sacrifices, and we'll see whose God shows up. And so the, the Ahab came, and he brought his 450 prophets. He said, by the way, get this other dude's 450 prophets too. So that's 900. Everybody say 900. 900 prophets, but they weren't prophets that were anointed by God. Elijah was anointed by God. And so when they got in this, du- this duel, it ends up, long story short, when they call on their God, he doesn't show up all day long. So Elijah, he gets his sacrifice ready. He, puts, he even puts water all over it. Now, there was a shortage of water, so this was a big deal. He put water all over his sacrifice. He did that three times. And then he called out to God, and he began to speak. And the fire of God came down, took the sacrifice, licked up all the water, it says. I mean, there was a manifestation. Everybody say manifestation of the glory and power of God. He was anointed to do that do that thing and and then he he said to the king well well, he ended up killing all his prophets and then he said you better get your chariot and get out of here because it's going to rain now it hasn't rained for a long time and he prayed lord let it rain and he sent his servant out seven times the seventh time the servant saw the cloud and the rain began to come and the rain fell and it said it was a flood of rain and 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 that's where i want to go right now elijah was anointed everybody say anointed He said it's not going to rain, and it didn't rain. He said it's going to rain, and it did rain. It says in James chapter 5 that he was a man with a nature like ours. And then it goes on and says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why? Because of the anointing. The anointing of God. And the power of God. And so it says in, uh, I love this story because it just reminds me once again that without God we are nothing. But with God... We are mighty and we are powerful. And in 1 Kings 18, it says that once it started raining, uh, Elijah took off and he ran faster than even Ahab. And he got to the city. And it says um, in, in in chapter 18, verse 1, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab. Oh, that's the wrong scripture. Sorry. Wondered, why is it saying that? And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now, Ahab went home and told his wife. Now, she's the wicked the wicked wife. And, uh, and he, he, can you see him going home and say, Elijah killed everybody. 
he was awful. He was terrible. I mean, all of our prophets are dead. And his God showed up. I'm sure he was having a real complaining session to his wife. And so this was Jezebel's answer. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, Elijah stood up and said, Oh, no, you're not in the name of Jesus. No, this is what he did. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. The anointing had lifted. No anointing. He runs, he hides from Jezebel, a woman. And he just stood against 900 evil prophets. And by the power of God, the anointing of God, destroyed them all. I'm telling you, without him, we are weak. With him, we are strong. And today, you may say, well, you know, I, I, I know I have the anointing, but I keep falling backward. That's because when the devil shows up, after you get the victory, you run and hide and you don't stand up and say, stop in the name of Jesus. The same anointing that was on me to quit is still here to keep me not doing what I used to do. Are you getting this today? See, because he will come. The enemy comes quickly to take what God does. And so we have been anointed for such a time as this. Not just in, in the world to reach out to other people. But I'm telling you, when you have the victory in your house, you are a witness. Everybody say a witness. You are a witness to other people. I shared in the first service, and this was just um, just this last week. And I was thinking about the goodness of God, it says in the Bible, leads to repentance. Causes people to want Jesus. And, um, and so I was, I was thinking about some things. I went to work out at Curves. And if any of you know, that's a, it's a thing you just do these exercise machines. It's not the funnest thing in the world, but it's good for you. So I do it. And uh, I was doing that, and there was this lady in there. And, and um, I, I've met her. I know her. And um, I just, my heart went out to her. She's a school teacher that had lost her job at the school where she was, and now she's going to have to go to other schools. And it's basically, she's probably not very much younger than me, but she has to start over, you know. And uh, and she's known these children. In fact, you know, she's been there a long time, so she's got a lot of acquaintances, has people, teachers she knows. And, and I knew that. And, and I could tell just by looking, I could see her spirit was just like wilted, you know. And so I was going around, and, and God just began to have me speak to her. You know, we're doing the exercise machines, and, and I said, well, how are you doing? She said, well, you know, I'm, I'm having to think about it now because it's here. I've got to go do it. And she was telling me, and I said, well, you know, and this is what God had me say. I said, you know, you're so gifted, and uh, you have such great gifts. And, uh, you know, I know this person, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're, you know, the best person at what they do, but, but that isn't my job to tell them, you know, or rate them. And uh, you know how people do. You know, we, we think we have, we have all the answers, and so we kind of prioritize things. But God just said to me, just, just speak life to her. So I, I said, you know, you have lots of gifts. And I said, you know, the blessing of all of this is that this place has enjoyed your gifts for a long time. But now there's groups of children, teachers, another principal, who's going to get to enjoy your gifts. And think of what your, your, your sphere of influence has just increased. You know, look how many people, you know, by the time I left there, she was th thanking me. Why, why was she thanking? Because it was a witness. Everybody say a witness. It was a witness of hope and the love of God and expectation. You know, if people have no expectation, and, and God showed me recently, if people don't embrace what's before them, they have no grace to do it. 
And so that's all I could think of for. And I said, God, if you want me to tell her that, have her come see me sometime because I'll tell her. Because I know it would help her if she understood that. Because it really helped me. Everybody say grace. Unmerited favor. God's empowerment to do a job you can't do. It's the anointing of God that rests upon every believer. And it's there so that other people will be blessed. But just as much them, us. It blessed me. And then I had another little incident. I was at the grocery store. I was telling them I, that these all happen within a couple of days. And I know when God's trying to teach me something because he lines it up and I keep having it happen. And then I know that's him. And so I was at the grocery. You know, I, I pride myself on being able to still carry my own groceries out of the grocery store. I don't know why. Pride goeth before the fall. And I did. Hallelujah. But God said to me, let that boy, because they said, could we help you with your groceries? I go, oh, no, I can do it. And God said, let that boy carry your groceries. So I said, okay. And so out we go, and he's telling me about his day. He's a young kid. I said, have you had a busy day? Yeah. And he starts talking to me about stuff. People will talk to you about anything. I mean, in, in the number of steps it takes to get to your car, you have got half their life down before. I mean, you know it. Especially if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God is not letting you hear all that just so you can say, oh, I know. He's doing that so you'll pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, or do whatever God says. So I get to my car, and God said, give him $5. I thought, well, you don't pay people for taking your groceries out. I mean, this is all going through my mind. I'm not thinking it's God. You know, I'm thinking, I'm not going to pay him any money. I mean, he just, there's not that many sacks. And uh, I'm just being honest. None of you are like this, right? You all would have had your five out immediately. But I'm telling on myself. But anyway, so I... I dug in my purse. I only had $3. I gave him every dollar I had, you know, the dollars I had. And, and then he, oh, no, that's not right. I did have a couple others somewhere else. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But anyway, God said to me, the five you have in your makeup bag, ding dong, was what you're supposed to give him. And I, when I got in my car, I thought, oh. He said, you know, that's, those are called random acts of kindness. They're goodness. And here he's talking to me about doing good things. See, God will get your attention if you're listening. Well, then I went to work out, and this girl at the end said, there's a note for you. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, they're probably going to tell me I have to get weighed. (laughs) And I didn't want to get weighed. And so I I didn't open the note. I just left with the note. I thought, they put it in a nice little package, but it's going to say you need to be weighed. And I thought, "Uh uh-uh, I'm being weighed. And so I took that note, and I went to my car, and it was a note from a girl that I had been there a few days before that. I mean, it's probably been three or four weeks because we went on vacation. And this girl was there, and she began to talk to me, and I was talking to her, and she said, "Um, I know you. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been good. I have not said anything. I've complained. Because, you know, when you're working out, you get tired, you know, and a lot of those people, they complain all the way around the thing, you know. And, and, you know, you could complain because it's not easy. But I I try not to say anything, but, but I thought, oh, I've been so good. And she said, you're Pastor Pam from Victor Christian Center. I go, yeah. And then she begins to tell me her whole, the whole thing. And uh, it, there's other people, but she didn't care. She just telling me, and I'm encouraging her and telling her, well, you know, God knows where you are and all this stuff. And not thinking a thing about it, you know, I'm still trying to work out. And uh, so I get this note from her that says, I just want to thank you for being a woman of God. That was the note, not to get weighed. I want to thank you for being a woman of God. And I'm thinking, Really? And she said, you only saw me once. And I'm, I'm, she gave me her name, and she said, I, that day, I really was trying to, I didn't know what God was going to do with me. 
I, d I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. But she said, when you finish talking, I know what I'm supposed to do now. And I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm going to move to Iowa, and I'm going to be a discipleship intern in the master's program out there in Iowa. And I just wanted to send you this note and tell you that if you just pray for me in my going out to do that, and if, if you need anything, I would come and help you with anything that I could help you serve in your church with. Isn't that amazing? She was a believer, but she was having a hard time. She had, she had kind of come to a place where she didn't know where to go next. And you don't even know when the anointing is working. I didn't even know the anointing was working. I tell you, when I work out, I told her the first service, I'm not always so spiritual, you know. I mean, really, I'm not thinking. I mean, the other day I was working out to this song, and I was singing it, and it was, let's get physical, physical, let's get and all of a sudden, I thought, what am I saying? Dear Jesus. And I'm just thanking God nobody else is in there but me. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. I was singing that. I sang that through three rotations before I was doing this one where you have to go backward. Let's get this. Is it physical? What am I doing? So I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you this today like I am some spiritual giant. I'm telling you the anointing. Everybody say the anointing obviously was not working real good right then but it caught me it got me the holy spirit spoke to me and i stopped singing it as soon as i realized what i was singing hallelujah you've done it too been in your car singing some song that you heard you don't even know where it came from how many of you ever done that out of the blue pastor bill comes up with some good ones sometimes in the car but i just want to tell you it's not that it's not some superhuman person or spiritual person. It's the anointing of God that rests on our life, that given the opportunity, God will grab a hold of it and use it in somebody's life. I haven't even talked to that girl, but I did send her an email and tell her, you know, you come by the church, I'll be happy to pray with you before you leave. You know, sometimes I, I, I don't realize what it is that God has got on our life. When somebody calls and says, I want you to come pray for me. Or I want you to come pray for my child. I, I need you to come do this. And God has really been in sh just impressing on me lately. Every one of those things are opportunities for me to work. Don't go there just thinking I'm praying a prayer. Go there thinking the anointing of God is upon you to see that something gets done here. And when somebody's faith connects with that and you put your hand on them, just like Brother Robert said, something good is going to happen to you. Because Jesus of Nazareth is passing our way every day every day in this place right now jesus is here his spirit is here and maybe you're here and you say wow you know i i think i need a moment like that i need that moment where suddenly the anointing of god penetrates something i had a young lady who came in the, the church she said to me when your son said that word on third wednesday night a great message John preached on connecting to, to God. Uh, she said, I heard it different. The anointing. Everybody say the anointing. She said, I've heard that lots of times. But when he said it that night. Now that wasn't John. That was the anointing. I mean, John said it. He's the vessel. But the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. It just goes. And it takes away everything. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. 
If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.